All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Positive Friday continues on. How are you? It is the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440 presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Also live on Orders Nation YouTube. And uh, oof, 50. The million dollars. That is what's up for grabs tonight at Lotto Max. Get your tickets at playalberta.ca. Not bad. Oof. Be quite nice. Nice chunk of change. Heck, you don't even have to win it all. Split it a few ways. Still be fine. I'd take that. I don't need to be greedy. I'll take 25. Even if even if I had to split it like three, four, five ways. I don't care. Five ways is still 10 schmil. Be unreal. Unreal. So, be good. Let's get to our big guest of the day, brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. If you're looking for exciting AJHL action, go to sprucegrovesaints.ca, where you can uh, get tickets as the uh, Saints, uh, you know what, uh, entertaining team as always. And uh, they are home tonight against Camrose and tomorrow. So, a double dip. Get down to the Grant Fear Arena. Some great AJHL action. Get your tickets at SpruceGrowSaints.ca or at the door. And uh, our big guest is our regular Friday contributor at this time, former Olympic gold. Well, I guess not former. She's two-time medalist. Lori Ann Munzer joins us. And uh, Lori Ann, here we are. It's October of 2023, and the Summer Olympics are coming up. And as in a former uh, Summer Olympian, I'm sure uh, as it gets closer to yourself, it's always like, oh, this is exciting times. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was curious in the final year, because now it's like, you know, eight, nine months away from the Olympics, which seems like a lot for us. But I would think for athletes, it's like, oh, it's only nine months because, you know, 
for sometimes it's been two, three, four years out that you're working for. How does it change mentally, even though you try not to? How does those final nine months change for Olympic athletes? Everything changes once you qualify, because that's the first one right there, because everything has been building to the qualification and then being announced, okay, hey, I've got that spot or I potentially could have that spot. I think, honestly, nothing changes because what you're doing now is going to lead to the big day, the big event or the big week. And it's how good can you get and fine-tune your processes. So number one, you stay healthy. Number two, you're on track. If you get injured, what are you going to be doing to mitigate that? Um, the other part is what other distractions do you have around you? You know, family stuff. Um, you're probably not working like I was, but there, there's always stuff that's going to come down the pipeline, and you have to be crystal clear on what it is that you're doing and where you're going. But number one, you have to have a plan. And if you don't have a plan with a couple contingency spots on it as well, you might have a little bit of trouble because the media is going to want to have a little bit of time with you. And if you've never done that before, that's going to be a new adventure. Um, If you have sponsorship arrangements, people are going to come out and they're going to ask you to come and be a part of their events. It's a great thing to do, but you also have to weigh in. And you really have to have that clarity of your plan. Your plan is your blueprint. You can adjust you can deviate you can change it a little bit but you also have to know what is it that you're wanting to do and how are you doing it you mentioned the you know the media and i always see some people say and i'm like well first of all the media is like a 10 minute interview at the most sometimes maybe 15 a few extra times usually the athlete does it after their training so i'm like it doesn't really, it shouldn't be a disruption. It's only distraction if you make it a distraction. You tell yourself, oh my goodness, this is the worst thing. And really, as an, as an athlete, you should look at it. Hey, here's an opportunity to get my brand out. Maybe I can get more sponsors, you know, however you do it. But you talk about health and I think, and I've seen it and it is devastating. It happens every year. There's always, this, you know, 10, 15 Olympians that have trained for four years to get ready in the last few months, boom, they're injured. And then, some of them try to gut it out, but they don't have the performance they want, and then others just simply can't uh, compete because they're not healthy. Is there anything in the final year like that you do to try to increase your health or, or lower the percentage of getting an injury? Yeah, you don't talk about it. You don't think about it, and you move towards what it is that you want. So um, coming off of an appendix, a ruptured appendix that put me out of – the world championships that I was slotted to win was like, oh, crap, you know, but there was nothing I could do because I was totally out of it. If you keep thinking injury, if you keep mitigating all of that, that's where I think you're going to create a bit of a problem. You want to think about what's your optimum health, like what's the breakfast of champion? What is your lunch going to be like? What are you drinking? How many hours of sleep are you getting? Do you do chiropractic physio? Do you have an exercise therapist that is helping you out to make sure that your body is in balance versus being unbalanced? There's there's so many team partners that you can have that can be an asset that don't even think about injury and stuff like that because that's exactly where you're going to go. What about workload? Did you ramp up? Did you do less? Did you do the exact same like competitions leading up to it? Is it, is it different to, and, and do certain athletes that you talk to, like were people 
did you feel like, okay, I got to get in that competitive spirit, so I need to test myself? And others were like, hey, you know what? I'm good. I don't need to go in this type of race at this point, three, four months out. How does it work? Well, it depends on your plan. Uh, when I was competing, we had World Cups. The World Cups led to if you got to play at the World Championships. There was usually four, maybe five. I didn't do all of them. I set out and scheduled in the ones that I knew would be for me. And that was typically the first three. Because if I ran into a problem at one of them, then I had the fourth one where I could go and get enough points or get a good finish um, that would set me and get me the entrance into the world championships. So you're reverse engineering everything and you work it backwards. It's uh, what is the number one peak? You can only have one peak. My coach uh, duped me and he said, you're going to have two peaks. You're going to have the Olympics and the world championships. I didn't know that I was building up and through the world championships because you can only have one true peak in a one-year, 12-month calendar year. Why is that? Oh my gosh, the preparation and the build-up, like you were talking about, um, the physical build-up into the games. I mean, it's you're creating a perfect recipe, but you're not sure, you know, how much weights that you should be doing exactly. You have a really good idea, so the years before have been in the preparation because everybody's going to be different. If you're in the gym, you're going to have a couple needs that are going to be different than mine. Yeah. Um, you have a younger athlete, they're going to have different needs than I would, right? So you learn and you watch and you you analyze it, but you also get feedback from them. What's working? What's not working? Where are you hmm, kind of hesitating? And then you really start building and tweaking it. So reverse engineering it, you have the number one main event. You have international races or what I would call international races to get to the world championships. Then you have like other international races, which would be like a Grand Prix, lesser counting events. They still count because it's all that progression, that building up to the World Cups, the World Championships, if that's the qualifiers and then to the Olympics. But then you also have local races. You have races with the guys. I used to race with the men and I loved it because being the fastest woman, there wasn't another female to challenge me. So the only way that I could get faster, get smarter, get better was to race with the men. Well, that ups the ante, which is like awesome. Like the spectators loved it. I loved it. The guys loved it. And it was just, I remember being held at the start line for, we had a two lap race. This was in Victoria and there was five guys. I was up on the top of the rail, five guys below me. And I told the guy that was holding me, I said, you better just give me the biggest slingshot push that you can. Cause we were allowed for that event. I said, cause I'm going to go like a rocket. And the guy below me goes, Hey grandma, what do you think you're going to do today? And I'm like, I don't know, kid. I think you should watch. Anyways, I got the biggest slingshot rocket and I went as fast as I could for two laps around 333 meter track so it's just over half a kilometer full tilt max to the wall and i crossed the finish line first so then when the kid came by i said hey kid how'd i do and it's just i mean this these are the games what right? did he this say? Stuff, there was a lot of grumbling going on and but it was just it was part and parcel of the preparation and it's what you do and it's just that building part every race is like an olympic event and it's your time to try things that maybe you, you've been preparing for all winter, all season. Maybe you've tried it before it didn't work, so you come from a different perspective or a different angle or a different shot. And it's those things that build 
who you become when you show up at the Olympics. Lorianne Munzer uh, joins us, of course. And the reason I want to bring up this topic, we had uh, Marco Ayrop on the Kevin Carrier show uh, early this morning. And, of course, he just won the uh, 800-meter World Championship, first-ever Canadian to win the 800 meters. It's a pretty big accomplishment. And, uh, you know, he said, hey, you know what? I told myself before the race that my life isn't going to change. I'm going to be the same whether I win or lose. And uh, he did admit that, obviously, when you win, things change a little bit, for sure. Maybe there's extra pressure or not. Um, I would think the internal pressure, I've always said this, I believe the, the pressure an athlete puts on themselves is infinitely higher than anything that somebody's going to write about or talk about or anything else like that. Because yep. you look in the mirror and you're just like, you've got, we don't know what your internal goals are because it's private. Most, most people don't externalize what their goals are personally. But after you win, is it easier because now you're like, oh my goodness, that was unbelievable. That was super fun. And I want to stay at the top. Did it play mind games with you after you won? How different was it? Life was totally different. The one thing I wished somebody would have said is before you go and do your Olympic or your world championship event is write out two or three scenarios. Okay. If you don't cross the finish line first, if you do cross the finish line first, what are you going to do? What is your life going to be like? What do you want it to be like? And then write two or three versions of that. I didn't, and holy cow, I was on a really awesome treadmill. I had no idea, no concept of time. I had no idea where I was going. I had an attache. He worked with the Senators um, Hockey Club because they had just started, and he took me around. He said, okay, we're going here. We're going to Global. We're going here. We were in Athens. I had no idea where I was, where we were going, how long we were going to be. It was interview, 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 and they were awesome. But it was like, holy overwhelm, you know. I didn't have dinner. We didn't even celebrate. Uh, I got home around 3 o'clock you in the morning. You didn't celebrate? No, because all the bars were closed. Everything was closed afterwards, which was like, oh, my gosh, are you serious? And, and you probably didn't have, like, you'd be like, hey, why don't you buy a bottle? And if I don't win, we just don't show it to me. But if we win, we're going to have it. Well, I should have, you yes. know. But uh, it's it's those things that you don't know. So when did know. you ultimately finally celebrate? Like the next day? Um, About a year later. What? I know. I know. Like, you would not fit in well in baseball, would you at all? No, but I'm getting to do over. <laughs> no, the problem was, I always thought somebody else was supposed to throw you a party. And I was just so busy. I was oh, here, I was there. No. And finally, since... You get to do a little self, like a humble brag here. Hey, well, I'm having a party. It's to celebrate my Olympic gold medal. Do you think any of your friends would be, oh, I can't believe how arrogant people are. <laughs> this is unreal. I'm getting invited to a gold medal party. No, I know, but that's just how busy I was. And I didn't stop to take a pause and go, press the pause button for a minute. Let's think about what I'm doing. And the crazy part was... They, the, the UCI, the Union Cyclist International, they moved the cycling season four months earlier. So instead of starting in February, we started in November. Typically, you race until the end of September. You take four weeks off in October, go on a vacation, go do something, and November you start training. Uh, no, because November was the start of the next, of the and, 2005 and the, season. And the season ended in the end of September? Or did it end earlier because well, of the Olympics? Well, it ended after the Olympics oh, okay. in August. Yeah. 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 Oh, okay. Well, so you had a couple of weeks. And then yeah. I won a gold medal, which was like, okay, yep, go here, go there. I had all kinds of speaking events and I was doing all kinds of appearances. It was awesome. But then I also had a train for the World Cups. Yeah. It didn't go very good. And I was just on this treadmill as 
the worst thing I could have done, but it was what I was doing because I wasn't thinking about it. I didn't have a schedule. Yeah. And I would tell any athlete, have a schedule. write out your plan before your big event and write out all the different scenarios. If you don't cross the finish line first, especially if it's your if it's your goal, write what's going to happen if you do. And then write out three different scenarios. Because then when it comes up, then you can... You've yeah. thought about You've it. you thought about it. And then you can flex and go, I want to do that. I want more of that. I don't want this. Yeah, that makes sense. It's always good to have a plan if you're if you're a plan. Now, some people thrive by not having plans. There, I'm sure people listening right now know, you know, it's hilarious sometimes how those two type of people marry. The arranger marries the non-arranger, <laughs> and you're just like, what? Right, one person's booking all the flights everywhere. The other person wakes up at six in the morning. Where are we going? Oh, is it our flight? Okay, I'll pack my bag and away <laughs> yes, we go. Dear. So uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yep. Um. So lastly, then as as we, it's the it's the Olympic cycle. When does it really amp up for the like? Is it June? Is it is it way earlier? Or is it is it a roller coaster here the next nine months? No, it's a progression. It's like an airplane taking off. It just builds, it builds, it builds. Well, I meant more mentally than the actual physical training. Like No, men- I'm talking about that too. Okay. It's both. Because why would you tra- change at the Olympics? Why would you try something new? Mm, no, you don't. Okay. It's not the time to try it. It's not to, time to go get a new pair of shoes or a new bike. I mean, if it breaks, well, that's another story. But... It's just a progression so that you can fine-tune it so that it becomes automatic, that it's it's your seventh sense. Quickly, we got people, what, people want to know about what your thoughts are on the mental aspect of baseball teams celebrating making the playoffs. Making the playoffs? Yeah, so, so when you make the playoffs in baseball, they have the huge celebration afterwards, right? Yep. They've got champagne in the dressing room, whatever. Now, everyone's like, yeah, but you haven't won the championship. I'm like, yeah, but so what? You, you celebrate mean- the win. Absolutely. Yeah. And then you know what? The next morning is back to work. Yes. Is back to baseball, like training, preparation. Nothing changes. It's not like the celebration that goes on Friday night. It's not like you wake up and now Sunday morning and you're like, oh, I'm still thinking about that party. No, you have fun for your six, eight hours, whatever it is. Go to bed. Now it's a new day and you can be like, hey, we blew off some steam. Now we focus again. I've never, I think there's a lot of hockey people. It's like, oh, Toronto lost because they celebrated. I'm like, uh, Arizona celebrated like, just as much as Toronto, and they won. And they a, were the a win seed. is a win. Yeah, and you always celebrate your wins, whether they're Thank small, you. medium, large, or Love ginormous. It. It's just that's what you do. You always celebrate your wins. Don't be like me and wait a year. Hundred like, percent. Like yeah, that's like the worst thing you could do. Yeah, yeah I could see. So. <laughs> Better being a good party a year waiting. Better mean good. It was really good. Okay, it was nice. fun. I yeah. like it. Lorianne, always good to have you. Have yourself a great weekend. You too. Take care. That is uh, Lori Ann Munzer joins us uh, every Friday here on the Jason Greger Show as our big guest of the day brought to you by the Spruce Grove Saints. Uh, we'll return. We got lots of text to get to. Also, uh, more on the orders lineup. All the big guns are going. Now, Ekholm's not playing, but he did skate today. Kulak didn't skate. Ryan McLeod skated, but uh, he's not ready to go. He's very confident he'll be ready for uh, Wednesday. Ekholm's didn't want to say for sure because this injury has lingered a little bit longer than he'd hoped, but uh, he he feels, you know, unless there's a setback, he should be ready to go on Wednesday as well. We'll return on the Jason Greger Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Pause of Friday. Welcome back to the Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440, also live on Oilers Nation YouTube. Islander fans are very upset because we mentioned uh, that they've only had one roster change. They're trying. Yeah, but Beauvillier. 
What are you talking about? Beauvillier and Horvat. That's 50 games. Why are you bringing up Beauvillier? <laughs> Was Bo Horvat on the Islanders last year for more than half the season? Then he doesn't constitute being a new player on this year's team just because he wasn't on last year's opening roster. He was on their team for the last 50 games. So, hey, I hope Pierre Engvall has a good year. But keep in mind, Pierre Engvall, to this date, his career high is 15 goals. So even if he scores 21, that just replaces Zach Parise's 21 goals. So, I don't know. I don't don't see the Islanders being, uh, you know, being able to score. Hey, they might surprise me because they have an unreal goalie and they could win a lot of games defensively, but I don't have them. Uh, I don't have them in on their fans. I like the passion. They're all fired up. Now let's go in the community brought to you by United sport and cycle and hockey days are on right now where you can save up to 35% off United sport and cycle. Your home of hockey for over 95 years. And uh, speaking of hockey, we are joined by a, uh, Former NHLer, he is, of course, the uh, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears men's hockey program. Ian Herbers joins us on the show. Ian, welcome back. How you doing, man? Good, Jason. Thank you. And I hear you uh, talking about my old team, the Islanders. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, you know what? Hey, and it's funny how, how the game has, like, the Islanders, you know, you used to be able to win with kind of a defense-first mentality. You still have to have good defense, but you got to be able to outscore the opposition now more than out-defend them. Uh, good goaltending solves a lot of problems. So if your goalie's good, you can win a lot of games. Is your goalie good? Uh, yeah, both of them are very good. <laughs> you know, hopefully they're very, very good. <laughs> yeah. I like how, because, you know, it's funny is like fans, I don't think are much different than a coach. You know, you look on your whiteboard and you go down your lineup and your goaltenders and your defense and your forwards and you're like, yeah. I think we've got a pretty good lineup, but until you start playing the games, you never really know because there's so many things. Maybe a guy gets a little bit nicked up and, you know, that impacts him or maybe something's going on, him and his girlfriend. You never know. Like there's still lots of kind of, uh, uncontrollable things that a coach kind of has to see how it unfolds. Yeah, that's true. And then plus at the U of A, you got education as well. So yeah. the academics, a big term paper didn't do well in a midterm or. Uh, classes aren't going the way they want it or couldn't get into the faculty want. So there's another factor as well. Do you need to be even more on top of that with your players, Ian? Like you and the co- like asking all those sorts of questions? Well, me and my staff and trainers, yeah. I use them a, a lot. We got student kids that are in the dress room every day with our players. And then Flo and uh, Travis, our equipment guys that are there as well. And, uh, I got a great group of assistant coaches and then Stan Marple and myself. So between the group of us uh, and then our, our team leaders as well, using them and, and trying to figure things out and make sure we do stay on top. Um, once in a while, uh, something does slip through. So getting on it right away and dealing with it as properly as we can. So let's get to uh, this weekend. Of course, you got uh, a home and away, a uh, home tonight for anybody down at the Drake. You're taking on uh, Mount Royal. Uh, what are you expecting from the Cougars? Um, they lost their two big forwards from the last pre- couple of years uh, that led the league in scoring. Uh, we played them once here in preseason, and they worked extremely hard, and they relied on a committee to score goals. Uh, so they'll be coming after us with four lines. or D, very engaged, very involved. Uh, they'll be very aggressive on their penalty kill, uh, working on a spread on their power play. Um, they played very well last weekend against Regina at home, so it'll be a tough test for us this weekend. For anybody who's coming to watch the Bears for the first time this year, Ian, what what would you say is the strength of your team? Um, we're still figuring that out right now. 
Um, we had a lot of turnover the last three years. A lot of great people have graduated. Um, and we're putting pieces together here. We've been dinged up a little bit. Uh, we had guys coming back from NHL camps from Arizona and Columbus. Um, so we're just trying to figure our way through right now and get it all together. Uh, but for us, it's usually our, our work ethic, our, our compete. Um, we have skill. Um, our goaltending is very good. And I like the new D we brought in. We got bigger and we're mobile back there. Uh you know, it's funny, being a big defenseman yourself, it's the one thing that's never really changed, right? Size does matter at times. It's, you, now, obviously, we've seen some smaller skill defensemen that do great, Ian, but um, size can be, you know, the one difference maker. If you got a six foot defenseman and a six foot four defenseman, their skill's the same. The six foot four guy is just able to do more. Just getting those shot lanes and stick. And we, we, we preach a lot of stick on pucks, so. Just having that couple extra inches and then a couple extra inches on the stick on top of it, just getting sticks on pucks and blowing things up and blowing up opportunities, and especially penalty kill, getting in those lanes. Those are those are big tree trunks in the way and blocking a lot of shots. Now, um, you know, opening weekend didn't go necessarily how you wanted. Um, you know, in UBC, what what do you need to see better from your squad this weekend? Well, UBC is a very good team. They've basically carried over from last year where they pushed us to three games in the semifinals. They only lost one player and, and brought in a couple of very good players. Um, so they were in midseason form. Um, for us, we took too many penalties, and then our power play in preseason was rolling just under 30%, and we left UBC at 7%. So our power play's got to be way better, and we've got to stay out of the penalty box. When you look, because your power play has been good all the time, when you look at it for, and it's it's two games, but what didn't you like about your power play? Was it too, were you guys too stationary, guys not shooting? What was happening? Just lack of execution. We weren't making tape-to-tape passes, poor reads, poor decisions. Uh, net presence, we didn't have enough net presence. The one power play we did score, um, one of our guys was right in the goalie's eyes. It wasn't even a great shot, but with the guy in the eyes, he didn't see it and it went through. And that was our only goal on the power play, and we just got to get more guys there, be uh, shot options and threats, and execute the plays, take what's given. Right now, I think our guys were tried to force too many plays and tried to force things and make it happen instead of letting it happen, reading the play, and then taking advantage of it. Ian, do you feel like, you know, U of A has obviously been kind of the cream of the crop in men's hockey for a long time. Obviously, there's other programs that are very successful. You know, they're competitive, but, you know, the Bears have been a top dog for a long, long, long time. Uh, from an, Now, I, I don't follow it as closely as I used to, but I look at it. It seems that there's more even competition across the board. As somebody who's been in there from a player perspective, a coach perspective on two different occasions, is there... Is it tighter now than it ever has been in your estimation? Yeah, yeah. A big reason for that is the two new NHL teams. So there's probably less of a talent pool to draw from from the Western Hockey League and the CHL. Uh, but it's good for the league. The, instead of us just running away with it all the time and then getting to nationals where we get pushed and challenged, it's good to have that competition. Uh, last year we lost in the Canada West Finals. Uh, but we played very well, and we got to nationals, and we played very well too. Just ran out of steam and uh, a few bodies. So we need those challenges. It's better for the league, um, and it makes us better. Well, I was just going to say, like, nobody. Hey, everybody likes winning, but there is something when you're winning seven nothing and six one every weekend. I'm sure at times as a coach, you can be concerned, like man, like you know, you can have maybe little. 
bad habits creep in that don't impact you until suddenly you play good teams and now you just can't erase it. So does this, do you feel this is going to allow your team to be crisper and sharper for longer periods of time? I agree. You need that adversity to be a better team. Uh, if you just sail through and it's easy, you're not going to achieve your full potential. So you need to be pushed. You need to be challenged. You need to things not go right sometimes. How does your team react? How do you react as a coaching staff? Um, so put those guys in those difficult situations and you grow from it. And uh, before I let you go, Ian, uh, one big change at the U of A this year, uh, somebody who's been around there, man, for a long, long time. And I know it doesn't work directly with your team, but I, I know your, your past crossed all the time. Uh, give me your thoughts on Howie Draper. Finally getting the call. He's going to the show. Of course, uh, he'll be coaching uh, New York in the, in the new women's uh, uh, professional hockey league. Uh, tell me about uh, Howie, a guy that you obviously uh, knew quite well. Yeah, no, that's fantastic for Howie. We were deep partners when we played together with the Bears. Yeah. Um, then our offices were joining, um, so that's great. He's worked very hard. He's done very well with the Pandas program. A new opportunity for him, a new challenge, and you're always looking for things to make you better. Uh, this will be a great experience for him. I think he'll do very well. Uh, he's done very well when he's obviously with the Pandas, but anytime he's represented Canada and the national teams, um, so I expect great things out of him and like to pick his brain when he gets back and see how the season went for him. Ian, uh, always great to talk to you. Uh, best of luck tonight and tomorrow, uh, home and away against the Mount Royal Cougars. Appreciate your time. Great. Thanks, Jason. That is uh, Ian Herbers, head coach of the U of A Golden Bears men's hockey program. I'd have to go back and look in the archives. When was the last time the Bears started a season 0-2? Like, it just doesn't happen, man. At all. Like, UBC's good. This is, you know what? I, honestly, I felt it's, you're going to go down to the Drake this year. And if you're watching men's hockey, I think you might be more entertained. I think there's going to be more competitive games. There's more competitive teams across the league. The Bears are still going to be good. Don't get me wrong. But, you know, there might be a few more games and you go there and it's 4-3 rather than them spanking the team 7-1. And I actually think that's better for them. So tonight, of course, at home against Mount Royal. And then they are on the road uh, in Calgary tomorrow to uh, take on Mount Royal. Then uh, next weekend, it's the uh, the Crosstown Rivalry, the uh, Golden Bears and McEwen going down at uh, Friday and Saturday. I was uh, in the community brought to you by United Sport and Cycle. 35% off hockey days right now at United Sport and Cycle. 339, we've got lots and lots of texts to get to. Uh, we will hear from uh, Jay Woodcroft, uh, Matthias Ekholm, as well as uh, Ekholm. We'll give you the update in Ekholm, and we'll outline what are the options and the possibilities for the Oilers when it comes to salary cap, when it comes to the roster. We, this is what we know for sure. Well, I guess I shouldn't say for sure. Unless somebody goes on LTIR, the Oilers are having a 21-man roster to start the season. There's a little bit of uh, extra money that could be accrued if you keep uh, Peterson instead of Lavoie. But then obviously there's the, uh, the the higher potential risk of losing Lavoie. But I'll say this. There's a risk potentially of even losing Peterson on waivers. He was claimed on waivers last year. He's a right shot, 25-year-old centerman who has some NHL experience. So either one, you know, the orders, uh, whichever one they don't keep and have to put on uh, waivers, they'll probably be a little concerned because I don't think they want to lose either one of them. Right, they need some depth. All of a sudden, you have two injuries. You might have to recall, you know, one of those guys for sure, and the other one would have to take a bigger role in the lineup. So, you you definitely want depth. And uh, the orders right now, just because of twenty one, like if it was a twenty three man roster, they might just keep both of them. They wouldn't have to worry about it. <laughs> so that's the uh, that's the challenge that the salary cap presents. Quick break. We'll return. 
Jason Greger Show, presented by PlayAlberta.ca Live on Sports 1440 and Orders Nation YouTube. Welcome back. Positive Friday. The Jason Greger Show on Sports 1440. I'm Greger. He's Connor Halley. You are whoever you are, wherever you're listening or watching Orders Nation YouTube, maybe streaming us on uh, Stingray or iHeartRadio app, which is fantastic. I know some of you uh, like to listen to your office at sports1440.ca. However you listen and consume the show, we appreciate it. It's always brought to you by PlayAlberta.ca. Hey, Gregor, you know who has zero chance of getting claimed? Yanmark. Salmon, Vancouver. Yeah, maybe you're right. But guess what? Yanmark is a more proven player today than Lane Peterson. I don't understand why. Like, so all Matthias Yanmark does is play sound defensive hockey and ship in double digits and goals every year. It makes a million dollars. And you want to get rid of him? Why? Because you like the shiny toy that Lavoie might be? Again, people, the exact same thing people are saying about Lavoie today is what they said about Holloway last year. It is hard in the regular season. Right? Like, I don't put much stock in what guys do in the preseason because you've, and neither should you because you get burnt. Ty Raddy, Anton Lander, Dylan Holloway, go down the list of guys. It happens all across the league. It's not NHL. Now, tonight is a very close facsimile to an NHL roster. Look at Seattle. They got pretty much their NHL team going, not 100% because Vince Dunn isn't in the lineup, and that's a pretty big guy out, and so Evans is in. Good young defenseman, but he's not Vince Dunn, right? It's you got to stop overhyping preseason. Stop it. You're going to get fooled, okay? I hope Raphael Lavoie turns out to be good, but expecting Raphael Lavoie to be a difference maker or an impactful defensive player his first year in the league is asking a lot. It just is. He's got a really good shot. He might score you eight or ten goals, but he doesn't kill penalties. You're not going to put him on the ice in the in the final few minutes where they would trust Yanmark at times. We saw it last year, right? So so it's different. You have to look at big picture, right? Coaches make their lineups based on non-emotion. They don't just oh geez, this Lavoie kid was really good in the American League. Well, hey, let's just give Mice time. We're going to throw him in the top nine. You know what? We'll bump some guys down. Like Warren Fogle has been very consistent. If Raphael Lavoie has a career like Warren Fogle, he'd be pretty happy. It's hard to be more than a 15-goal scorer year in and year out. Really hard. So I think people uh, have to be uh, more... A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. 
Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Plushcare.com slash weight loss. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. Cognizant of it. Hey, guys, Gleason should not be taken seriously either. He's not that good. He's a number seven. Lavos potentially is young. His defensive game has gotten better. I'm a prospect nerd. Trust me, Carmen. Okay, so so Carmen, you you say you're a prospect nerd. I'll uh, I'll trust you on that. And do you know how old Raphael Lavoie is? Right, Raphael Lavoie, twenty three, just turned. Right, he's two years younger than Gleason. It's not like we're talking at a twenty eight year old. Right, and and I don't think anybody has ranked. Ben Gleason as even making the roster. No one's really talked about it. All we've said is, hey, Gleason's, you know what? He's jumped ahead of Nima Linen in the pecking order, I think. That's really about it. If the orders got into defensive trouble with injuries early in the season, Gleason would most likely be the first recall based on how he's played in the preseason. Now, in two months, maybe Nima Linen wakes up and plays to the level that they think he's capable of, then maybe he would be the first recall. But right now, that's all it is. I, I haven't heard anybody pumping up Ben Gleason, So I don't see the need to want to have to tear the guy down. Potential, no one said Rafael Lavoie didn't have potential. Lots of guys have potential. It doesn't mean they reach it in the NHL. Because if every player with potential reached it in the NHL, we'd have, oh, we'd have 150, 200 new players every year in the league. That are there all the time. But they're not. Because it's a hard league. It's really difficult. And most, if you want the orders to win, like I said, how many rookies were on Vegas? How many rookies were on Tampa when they won? How many rookies were on Colorado? The champion competitive teams rarely, when they win, have rookies. Because it's hard league. And come playoff time, experience helps. Being able to calm yourself down in those crucial moments makes a big difference. So you can get excited about Lavoie. But even if Raphael Lavoie makes a team out of camp, he's going to have to play very well because, trust me, Ken Holland, he's going to be looking at a lot of options come the trade deadline. And you know what? If there's a veteran player who's got 60 playoff games of experience and has maybe scored you 15 goals three or four times and he comes available? Guess what? It's going to be uh it's going to be a big uh a big opportunity that I don't think they will uh they will overlook. I just I, I don't think they can. So they're uh, they're in win now mode, and that's where the younger guys, you know what, they'll have to be patient, and I think they know it, right? Because, and the good news is the orders roster is harder to make now. 
Younger guys don't get gifted opportunities because they got a deeper team. So. Hey, Gregor, I don't hate Yanmark. This is about maximizing your option throughout the season. In what sense? Because you're saying for sure Yanmark. Well, how do you know for sure Yanmark won't get claimed? Because he didn't get claimed last year? Things change. Maybe teams look at how he played in Edmonton. Because remember, he got waived last year at the start of the year. And usually when you play on good teams, people notice you more. Rightly or wrongly, that's what happens. Yanmark's a million-dollar player. Someone might claim him. No one knows for certain. But I'll say this. Jay Woodcroft is not going to send a veteran that he trusts down just because they're worried about it. Like, they're not going to keep... Why would they keep Peterson ahead of Yanmark? Why would they do that? Has he shown anything to this stage that he's a better NHL player? Doesn't make any sense to me. So. Hey, Gregs, I'm curious about the uh, Elks and uh, Trey Ford. Farhan Lalji mentioned just learning how to uh, look off different routes. How does he get better at that? Well, a lot of it's experience. He hasn't had a ton of pocket time. If you look at, you know, in college, didn't play a massive amount of games. And then in, in like the CFL, this is really his first full season getting reps. So. I just think it, it just comes down with more experience. Like, look at any sport. We'll see guys, they play one, they play two, they play three years. Now, obviously, it depends how many minutes you're playing. The best thing that Trey Ford is getting right now is he's the starter, he's the finisher. Every game, you know what? How many pass attempts is he getting? 30, give or take? Well, no, not 30, actually, only 25. I think the more pass attempts he gets. But he's in the pocket, he's getting all the snaps. And so sometimes he's going to have to learn, you know what? Option one's not there. Option two, I'll be able to read quick enough to get to my third receiver rather than just tucking the ball in and running. Because that's like the comfort zone for him because he's good at it. And I get it. He's very good at it. But eventually, you want him to be able to hold in there and be like, oh, you know what? Boom, now I go down the field because now two things happen. Now sometimes they're not going to bring, um, they're going to be covering different because now they respect his arm. Like when people compare him to Doug Flutie, Doug Flutie threw for 6,000 yards. He wasn't a crazy rusher. Now, he could run when needed, but he killed you with his arm. And so as great of a weapon it is to be a scrambling quarterback, Damon Allen. Damon Allen could run like the wind. Look how many passing yards he had. Right? You still, as a quarterback, it's all about passing yards. Yeah, simple answer, reps. That's how you learn. You learn yeah. the tendencies of defenses. Obviously, when you're a young quarterback, there's things they can do to bait you into making throws you shouldn't be making. It's just going to come with time, reps, and coaching. Yeah. Hey, Gregor, Holloway's waiver exempt. Why is he getting penciled in? Well, because, Craig, he was... Uh, Holloway's being way better. For his first three games, Holloway was the older's best player. He was the most noticeable forward. Holloway has played so well in the preseason that tonight he gets a night off. Now, A, he's played five games already. But B, the coaches are like, hey, kid, you've earned your spot. Like Dylan Holloway, I have no doubt in my mind that Dylan, I'm not sending, I'm not sending Dylan Holloway down, who right now is a better, more impactful player than Peterson or Lavoie. I'm not doing it. 
Because my job as Jay Woodcroft is to win games, and I believe that Dylan Holloway gives me a better chance. Um, Dylan Holloway's been very good. He's using his speed more. He's more comfortable with the puck. I, I think we're going to see Dylan, like, obviously he didn't play a ton of minutes last year. And that was fine. But you watch, I think Dylan Holloway, now when I say breakout, I don't think he's suddenly going to score 20. That'd be unbelievable. But the thing about Dylan Holloway is, if you get an injury in the top six, I think he's probably your best option to go in there. And all of a sudden, if you're playing 20, 30, 40, 50 games in the top six with McDavid or Drysaddle, you're going to have a good chance to score. Now, that doesn't guarantee it. Oiler fans can attest. We've seen it the last few years. Yamamoto he had one year where he did it. Then the others he struggled. Yes, a Puliyarvi, same thing. So there's no guarantee. But, man, I, I like how Dylan Holloway's look. There is zero, zero chance that I'd be sending him to the minors. Not even a consideration for me. And I don't think it's one for the orders, to be honest. Craig Button, Speck, Wanya Gretz, Al Mitchell. We got wall-to-wall hockey coverage in the final two hours of the show today. Of course, uh, we'll talk NHL. We will talk Oilers and more after Connor Halley and a sports 1440 update brought to you by Fountain Tire. Now, remember, once the weather hits seven degrees for seven days in a row, it's a good time to get your tires changed. Doesn't really matter if there's snow on the ground. It's the temperature change that matters more as a signal to change your tires. Book yours now at FountainTire.com. Here's Connor Halley. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 